0: We'll <laughs> Hi everyone and thanks for joining us. This is Bill Straub with Modern Thirst and today we recorded our Modern Thirst videocast podcast with Matt and Wes also of Modern Thirst and we were joined by Han Sean of Hudson Whiskey. We talked a little bit about uh, Hudson Distillery and went through a tasting of the Hudson Baby Bourbon and the Manhattan Rye. Uh, if you like what we do, please consider supporting us on Patreon.com. And all, as always, please check us out at modernthirst.com for hundreds of whiskey uh, reviews and lots of news on your favorite whiskies and beer. Um, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy. This will be available on YouTube if you're listening on podcast. And if you're on YouTube, you can find the audio of this on your favorite podcast channel. Thanks a lot. I hope you enjoy. Of modernthirst.com. Uh, with us, we have Matt Gates, Modern Thirst co-founder, and Wes Jolly, our world whiskey aficionado, and we're very happy to to welcome to the videocast today Han Sean of Hudson Whiskey. So I'm going to let everybody kind of go around and introduce yourselves. Uh, You can find me at at Bill Straub uh, on Twitter or Bill at ModernThirst.com if you want to email me.
1: This is uh, Matt with Modern Thirst. I'm just Matt at ModernThirst.com and happy to be excited to be a part of this four-way podcast for the first time.
2: And I'm Wes, and I'm the World Whiskey Writer, as um, Bill pointed out. And I'm can i at Wes at ModernThirst.com and on Twitter at Wes Modern Thirst.
3: All right. And I guess that leaves me. I'm Han Sean. I'm the Hudson Whiskey Ambassador, and uh, I am Han at HudsonWhiskey.com. Pretty easy. Uh, And you can find me on Twitter, although I very rarely tweet these days, or on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, at C O L D M T N. That's Cold Mountain. C O L D M T N.
0: Very good. Uh, well, we're real happy that uh, that you could join us today, Han. And we actually have a couple of your products that uh, you you and your company were gracious enough to send us, so that we can do an on-air tasting. But first, There's we good. thought we'd talk a little bit about about Hudson Whis- Whiskey, and um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about the distillery and, and uh, what you're, the way you guys operate and and and
3: what's going on there in New York. Certainly. Uh, well, you guys may know that Hudson Whiskey, of course, was the very first whiskey to be made in New York after repeal, right? So that terrible experiment we call prohibition here in the States, uh, you know, ended back in 1933. And fast forward some 70 years later when uh, uh, Ralph Orenzo and his partner Brian Lee started up Tuttletown Distillery and Tuttletown Distillery is just up about 75 miles north of where I am right now, as the crow flies at least, uh, in the heart of the Hudson Valley, a little town called Gardner, not too far from New Paltz and Hyde Park, where the Culinary Institute is across the Hudson River. Um, Beautiful agricultural area, and there's an old 1788 grist mill that that anchors this beautiful property that, that Ralph purchased with the idea of starting a climber's ranch, and basically... I won't go down that rabbit hole, but uh, he had one plan and the neighbors kind of didn't like his first idea. But the elegant plan B that came to be is, um, you know, the first distillery again uh, in New York after Prohibition and Hudson whiskey, of course, the first whiskey to be made uh, since Prohibition. And basically we work with local farmers there in the Hudson Valley and and in our surrounding kind of beautiful agricultural valley to source local grains, local corn and rye and wheat. And uh, and we make all our whiskey there at Tuttletown Grain to Glass and have since day one. Um, it's been about a dozen years since the first Hudson whiskey hit the shelf. Uh, and it's evolved quite a bit over the years. I think a lot of folks might know us uh, as producing little tiny uh, 375 mil bottles uh, <laughs> back in the, the bad old days when uh, we only had enough to fill a few bottles at, at a time. and them for an exorbitant price. But you know what? We, uh, we frankly, we, we've never apologized for kind of how we did it and where we came from. Uh, nowadays, of course, all of our, our whole range of, of bourbons and ryes are in 750 ml bottles at a pretty reasonable price. And uh, you know we're, we're available now in 50 states and some dozen other countries around the world. Um, and of course, very recently, uh, William Grant and Sons, the venerable maker of Glenfiddich and the Balvenie and Hendricks Gin, um, Scottish family-owned company, uh, acquired Tuttletown Distillery and, and Hudson Whiskey and the, a handful of other products that we make there at Tuttletown, as well as our beautiful restaurant, visitor center, all that fun stuff. Uh, we are now very, very happy, frankly, to be in the William Grant family.
0: Very good. It's very exciting. Um, We looking at the Wes and I were talking about before we went live. Actually, looking at the two products we have today, the Manhattan Rye and the Baby Bourbon, um, they're both one hundred percent single grain, correct?
3: No, Um, that is uh, something that that a lot of people still believe, and I do my best always to be as transparent as possible and accurate about our evolution. When we started out, we were, in fact, making an all corn bourbon. Uh, where we're pitching amylase, and enzyme, to help convert the starches to sugars during mashing to make them available for the yeast to eat them and produce the alcohol. That's I won't get into too much chemistry here on the podcast, but uh, I'm sure some of our nerdy listeners would, would love to to dig in. But uh, nowadays, in fact, our baby bourbon is a 90% corn, 10% mal- malted barley mash, and uh, our rye is essentially its mirror image. Uh, 90% rye, 10% malted barley. So interesting and a little bit unusual in that our corn has neither rye nor wheat in in the mash bill, and our rye, of course, has no corn. A little less unusual nowadays that you you see some of these 95.5 rye mash bills. Um, But uh, the baby bourbon being literally the very first bourbon made in New York, as we were the first— uh, distillery after Prohibition, like I was saying before, and pre-Prohibition folks made lots of rye whiskey, and they made lots of uh, Applejack and various kinds of eau de vie and brandies um, all throughout New York, but no one made bourbon apparently until we did, as least, at least as far as we can figure out, um, and it is a, a 90% corn uh, bourbon with, with neither rye nor wheat in mash bill.
0: And I know you also, we won't be doing that on the tasting, but you also have a four grain as well, correct?
3: Yes, exactly. So, our baby bourbon with neither rye nor wheat, and our four grain bourbon with both. Um, I think early on with with Ralph and Brian, and then Ralph's son, Gable, uh, who's my predecessor actually in my role, you know, I think they were very intent on bringing stuff to the shelf to the back bar that would earn its way, you know, onto that shelf or back bar that that was distinctive, that offered something new and interesting, that wasn't just hey, here's our version of what folks in Kentucky been doing a long time, very, very well. Uh, so that was really, it's always been a driving force. What can we do that's a little bit different? That's gonna bring a, a different flavor profile, um, something that, that fills a gap. I know I've noticed some craft distillers now, just
0: in the last year or so, it's becoming more common to play around with mash bills, but I've seen that four grain on the shelf for a while now. So you guys were definitely kind of ahead of the curve
3: on that. I like to think so, and of course, Jim Murray choosing the uh, you know very very lovely uh, four grain from E.H. Taylor, the four grain bourbon out of Buffalo Trace Distillery. You know, I've been enjoying just telling folks who want to try Jim Murray's Whiskey Bible, Whiskey of the Year. uh, You might have trouble finding that, but you can find ours. And if you (laughs) if you want to get get a gander at you know what a four grain bourbon does when you have that nice balance of. Of spice between you know the the, the rye and the, and the smoothness of the wheat um it's fun it's something i've always enjoyed and, and for the whiskey nerds out there there are a lot of fans of our four grain bourbon um but we're gonna we're gonna sip our baby bourbon tonight i suppose uh, that works for me matt west
1: you guys have any, any questions, questions on the way what's that do you have some other mashes on the way
3: then? Uh, without a doubt. Um, one of the things that comes along with this acquisition from uh, by William Grant and Sons um, is resources, is uh, the encouragement to, to experiment, uh, to innovate a little bit. And um, literally one of the first meetings post-acquisition, um, I had sitting down with... Uh, a guy named Justin Miller from from William Grant, who who is kind of overseeing the integration, if you will, and then our chief distiller at Tuttletown, Brendan O'Rourke, who's uh, really an, an unsung hero when it comes to the evolution of, of Hudson whiskey to uh, winning the, the awards it's won lately, and and really just uh, bringing it kind of into a, 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 a up to a new level, if you will. Uh, Brendan um, has been with Tuttletown since two thousand. Um, he is a bit of a baby face. People think he's younger than he is, but but he is young. He's in his early 30s, and he's a graduate of the Culinary Institute. And we sat down and just started dreaming. That, you know, he's always tinkering. We're always playing around up in Tuttletown, making uh, small batches of things. And I think when you talk to some other craft distillers, or any distiller really, you know, they'll tell you that experimenting, playing around, innovating, thats it's easy. You know, you're having fun. The harder part, quite frankly, is bringing something... To the shelf, to, to building that commercial pipeline, to making sure that you have the consistency and creating the plan, figuring out the resources, and then going to the distributor and getting it in their book, all that fun stuff. Um, so now, though, we, we have a little bit more of those resources. We have a plan, and and uh, we're always innovating. So um, I think you, you are going to see some more variants, some more playfulness uh, from Tuttletown, from Hudson Whiskey. Um, I think we'll start by doing some tasting room exclusives, which we've been doing um, no different than any, anybody else. And sort of see what people dig and see what excites uh, our fans and excites us. And then uh, build that pipeline, that commercial pipeline.
2: Hon, and I heard, uh, still, oops, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, hon, this is Wes. Uh, I know. Hey Wes, um yeah? when you uh, first started out, I'm not sure if this is still the case that you were aging your whiskeys in smaller barrels. Is that still the process? Are you looking at changing that in going is um, I mean, you've been in existence for quite a few years now. I was wondering yeah. if you could share a little bit about that.
3: Yeah. So when we started out, indeed we were, we were aging uh, all of our whiskey exclusively in small barrels, basically doing little single barrel batches from a three gallon barrel. And and we're talking more than 10 years ago, 11, 12 years ago. Uh, back, as early as say 2010 uh, we're filling 53 gallon barrels traditional full-size barrels as as folks would say uh, as well as half casks um, and some 10 gallon barrels and that's kind of actually where we are today we fill full-size barrels um uh we fill half casks and we fill some tens we love the flavor pro so nothing no three gallon barrels no five gallon barrels nothing that small but we love the flavor profile that comes from those 10 gallon barrels that we get uh, from a cooperage up in northern Minnesota called Black Swan gives us this just beautiful, big, punchy, smoky vanilla, caramel, toffee, oak, tannin structure. Um, we really dig it, but obviously the depth and the maturity that comes from oxidation and esterization, just hanging out in a big old barrel over a bunch of years, um, that requires a big old full-size barrel. So we we found this kind of fun Uh, process that I'm not gonna say it's unique it's not all our own but it's something that we've dialed in that that we're proud of um, that essentially means filling three different you know a a small medium and large barrel all the time and then uh, aging them to the you know maturity in that volume barrel and then marrying those barrels together it takes practically well it it takes a almost an algorithm to you know figure out when certain barrels are, are coming of age uh, obviously, the the smaller the barrel, the more contact wood to spirit you have in that volume barrel. Um, but then, you know, bringing that together with a with a 53 gallon barrel that's six years old, that's laid down, that has maturity, that has the kind of depth and and can be that blank canvas upon which we might be able to paint with those smaller barrels that have uh, a little bit more forward oak and tannins, and but also that big smoky vanilla that we dig. Uh, so yeah, we we do still use some small barrels, but it's not exclusively in small barrels. And in fact, proportionally in a bottle, most of it's getting dumped out of traditional 53 gallon barrels at this point. But we haven't given up on our small barrels because we just dig them, and it's something that again brings a, a flavor profile that that we enjoy and that's distinctive about Hudson. Thanks. That's great. Of course. What kind of still do
0: you run in uh, up
3: there at Tuttletown? Well, so we've got. Four different stills right now um and we are literally in the in the process we've ordered a a, a big old a, a new basically hybrid pot still um all, all of our stills are made by christian carl uh the great german still manufacturer they made us our first hundred gallon copper pot still uh back in 2004 and uh now that still number one is actually over in a little separate area uh really our barrel house where. We use it exclusively to make uh, our, our vodka and our grain neutral spirit when we are making our, our gins and, and our liqueurs and cordials and fun things that we make at a very, very small volume, but, but are beloved by some of us. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, we've got a little still house where the other uh, three stills are. And then we have a, a converted, uh, basically, cook tank that, that we use uh, exclusively as a strip, uh, strip and still. Um, but as far as our rectifying stills, we've got two uh, true hybrids. They both have uh, little short columns and then one just pure pot still. Um, so, it, it, you know, a, again, as, as we've evolved, we've done it. It's been very Um So consistency has never been a huge focus. It, it, it's been an aim. It's been an aspiration, but we've r- really kind of, Lean towards hey, as long as the as long as the, the liquid is getting better and better, as long as the trajectory is in the right direction, it's okay if there's some variations, batch to batch. And and I think, uh, we have found that. I mean, I'll, I'll 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 be perfectly frank that I'm you know I've been a fan for a long time, uh, but I I came to this role as a fan, as somebody who's just appreciative of the ethos that, that uh, Tuttle Town Distillery and, and Ralph Lorenzo kind of represent in terms of using local grain, their advocacy around the Farm Distillery Act. And we could talk about that. But, you know, I was really just attracted to everything that the, the operation represented. But I also love the liquid. Um, that's not to say that when I taste, you know, I do little vertical, uh, I'll taste something from, you know, last month's batch against the 2013 batch against the 2011 batch. And there's absolutely no doubt that it's come leaps and bounds, uh, from, from the early days. Um, so, you know, again, consistency, I think we're going to be dialing in. I think that's something that, that some of the expertise from Scotland from, from Dufftown is going to help us do. Um, but, uh, I'm super, super proud of, of Brandon and the, and the team there right now, just making some great juice on this kind of a uh, cacophony of different stills and mash tanks. And, and, you know, it, it, sometimes it looks a little Dr. Seuss in there. Uh, but yeah, that's a very, very long answer very to good. a short question, but there you go.
0: No, it's a good question. I, I was, it's more curiosity than anything. I know, um, th- there's, matt and i were on a tour uh we have the bourbon classic here in louisville coming up in a couple of weeks and we did a media tour a couple of years ago and um we tasted side by side it was from heaven hill it was from their column still at the bernheim distillery versus the little pot still that they have in the um evan williams experience in downtown louisville and you get using the same yeast and probably the same water and the same ingredients from the same sources you get a completely different flavor between the the two stills so I, i always find it interesting to know you know what people are running, what, you know, what subtleties you can kind of detect between the different kinds. And if you're actually using more than one still or more than one kind of still and blending batches together, it could be pretty interesting.
3: Yeah, ma- massive difference, obviously, between a pure pot and, and a column still. So, like I said, we, we have basically a, a four plate and a five plate column on our two hybrids. But, you know, so we're, we're able to crank the, the proof up just a little bit. But we go whole mash, we distill on the grain in proper pot stills, uh, certainly with every strip. Um, And uh, so, you know, we're very focused on kind of having a nice, rich uh, liquid coming off those. Um, I have nothing but the the uh, utmost respect for for folks who are making great liquid on big, giant column stills at huge volumes with incredible consistency. Not what we do, (laughs) not what we do
0: very good you guys have anything else to uh anything else to add or any other questions or should we get into tasting i'm getting thirsty
3: yeah
2: <laughs> yeah let's taste please all
0: right uh what do you want us to start with we've got the manhattan rye the baby bourbon
3: i think let's start with the baby bourbon um it's where we began of course so now um oh look at that you've got uh, I just figured, you know, because I, I always get these questions. I'm just going to open this right here, and show how how <laughs> easy it is, you know. People, well, I was just showing Wes when we first uh, when we first logged
0: on. I had a pocket knife out and was about to cut my hand off. <laughs> Trying to get that open. I, I just wanted to get that done before I made a fool out of myself on it. <laughs> yeah. It's smart. You don't want
3: blood spurting all over. No, I look. It's um, the, the truth of the matter, and this is one of those things when you when you come visit the distillery, you'll see that to this day our our bottling line is is run it's all all by hand uh and we dip all these bottles by hand it's the simplest kind of way that we've known how to do it so we still do it that way uh literally just announced at our william grant company meeting uh, a couple weeks ago that we've got a pop top coming where it's literally it's still going to be hand dipped in wax but we figured out how to just turn it not even a tab just literally turn it to pop it bartenders shall rejoice yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So uh, looking at this in the glass, it's uh, it's fairly dark. Um, this is under a year old, right?
3: No, the baby no. Bird? So basically, uh, it on, on the label, you see it says aged under four years. And, of course, that's under something that years. the TTB is starting to clamp down on. And that, that obviously was approved. Uh, but aged under four years just means the youngest ah. drop of whiskey in the bottle. I don't need to tell you guys that but um there's gonna be whiskey from probably a year and a half old out of those 10 gallon casts upwards of five or six years old from those 53 gallon casks, ma- married gotcha. together so, i saw the course, year
0: 17 on the back and i assume that it was distilled in 2017 and that made it old. <laughs> <but. laughs> obviously no, no, that was probably prob- a bottling a release
3: here of this yes indeed <laughs> indeed okay. uh so uh, yeah, tell me actually, what batch? What batch uh, do you guys have? I have batch twenty bottle nineteen sixty four. All right. Uh, batch bottle twenty
1: si-
2: bottle nineteen sixty
3: eight. Bottle nineteen sixty six. Same batch. Oh, excellent. Okay. Uh, so I'm drinking uh, batch eighteen. Um, you know, this is very very close together with an operation like ours. I can promise you. Uh, so yeah in terms of the age and you know again this is it, it becomes a, a, a an answer longer than it should be but it's how we do things right so we're marrying together different castes and different ages and all that matters at, at the end of the day in terms of labeling is the youngest drop of whiskey in the bottle and that might be about a year and a half old but then there's going to be whiskey much older there uh in that and proportionally a lot more of that whiskey is going to be a lot older um but you'll be able to Kind of get a sense of it when you when you taste. It. Uh, I think we may have lost Matt there. Uh, not Matt. Uh, I'm here. Yeah, I see you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Bill is frozen.
3: Bill. But no, I'm. getting...
1: It starts off a lot of corn. I was where I almost thought it was going to be the youngness, but then you get that smokiness, a little oakiness coming through. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, Bill is frozen.
1: This is, I guess, this is what he gets after mocking me last time that I had these issues.
3: Bill, can you you hear us? We're just sitting here sipping whiskey without you at this point. (laughs) Oh, you're back. Last
2: last time I had the baby bourbon was probably three years ago at a tasting in Denver.
3: Okay. And
2: I I think it was definitely an earlier batch, and it seems like that it definitely has developed a bit since then,
3: since I tasted it a few years back. I should hope. I should hope indeed. Now uh, none of our whiskeys are chill filtered so I do encourage, uh, particularly because it's at 92 proof and not chill filtered, the addition of a little water will bring out some very nice uh, oils, probably not going to see it on the resolution in this camera but uh, you'll get some of those proteins, those oils blooming and you'll get... New flavors, you might find some citrus notes, some real richness in terms of the mouthfeel that develops with the addition of just a couple drops of water.
1: Now, was that a um, a strategic decision to not chill filter it, or was that just from the early days? Just you never did it.
3: I I, I suppose you could say it's both. Um, you know, in in the early days, we didn't know how to, have the capacity to, um, as we've developed, it's, it's a quality that we really like. Um, it's something that, again, I think is distinctive about Hudson in that we like making whiskey that tastes like what it's made of. You get that corn quality. Um, we're sourcing some really nice grains, including heirloom grains from farmers that we break bread with that are right here in Hudson Valley, right up there in Hudson Valley. And um, so, you know. Pot distilling it on the grain, from those uh, those uh, you know local grains, we really want to try to capture that. Not chill filtering it, allowing those oils and that richness to kind of come on through, um, is is part of it.
1: Looks like Bill might be back. Well,
3: I'm not sure what. All... Welcome back, Bill. When
0: I was gone, but uh, um, how was the I upside down world? Nothing's going on with. <laughs> My router down here, so
3: I don't know what's going on. That's all right. We've just been sipping whiskey. Whiskey while it was gone. All right.
0: Um, I get a lot of of corn on the uh, citrus on the nose that kind of surprised me a little bit. Definitely corn, but I get a, a sweet kind of lemon zest. Mm hmm.
3: Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if you even heard me. I was I was mentioning that, uh, certainly with the addition of water, that, that citrus will really pop.
2: Mm-hmm. Try a little splash of water here. Please. Being the World Whiskey's guy, I um, do a lot of scotch tasting and stuff, and one of the things I notice on the nose of this, that I get in a lot of scotches too, I get almost this um, this grassy element a
3: little bit yeah. on the nose, with that with that sweetness of the corn mm-hmm. yeah and when we when we sip the uh, the rye whiskey that'll be even more predominant but uh, hopefully you'll find it a little balanced with a little bit more of that spice that that you'd expect but also fruitiness and 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 more like baking spice not so much just pepper but uh, uh, a variety of different spices that water
0: really does bring out the uh, the, the lemon in that the zest. Right? mm-hmm it brings out that uh, i don't know if this is the grassiness it is getting, almost like a cereal grain like oats or it's probably the barley i guess
3: yeah i mean you definitely get a little of that, that sweetness and that kind of uh, kind of um, cereal top note i you know cheerios honey nut cheerios you know i mean literally i i, I get that kind of honey nut cheerios uh, note on this i also get it on our four grain bourbon um, but uh, I ain't mad at it. Uh, no. <laughs> I hope no, you all find it pleasant. I mean,
1: no, the I, splash I of water... I think that corn goes right to a real sugary uh, sweetness. And I, I don't know if citrus is what I'm getting, but it's more of a tropical uh, tropical fruit. But then I do get barrel and smoke at the end.
0: Have you splashed your th- with water yet, Matt? Yes, I, I have. And it,
1: it, I that thought that and
0: really kind of calms the corn sweetness a little bit. It really brings out those... Um, Kind of fruity notes, and the and the really the, the the oats, the the cereal grains, or grassiness really popped too when I did
2: that. Yeah, I really liked um, uh, adding a touch of water to it. I thought that um, really enhances some of the the flavors of it. Sure um, enough.
3: Yeah, I think you know this is, it's uh, it's not a precious bourbon. It's it's one that that quite frankly I think does great with a splash of water and. Uh, I encourage folks. First of all, I think everyone should drink their whiskey. However, they enjoy drinking their whiskey um, But this is this is something that in the summertime on a couple of rocks ain't nothing wrong with that uh, It opens up nicely and again it has it's at 92 proof. So it's got a little proof before you're uh, Just watering it down um, you've, you've got a little room there to play
0: So I always have to ask um, since you obviously work for Hudson, have you tasted anything straight from the barrel yet?
3: Oh sure. <laughs> how, how is that? As, as often as possible. Um, you know that's that's just that's that's one of the one of the burdens of the job, and it's one of the best fringe benefits, right? So, um, the it, I mean, we get asked all the time when we're going to bring out you know a, a barrel aged expression and. And I hope the answer is soon. To, to be perfectly frank, and I think sometimes, again, it goes back to the same conversation we were having about innovation and experimentation. It's about, it's about resources, it's about scale, it's about volume. Um, but I hope we're we're getting there that that we could do that even if it's on a limited basis, just to give people an opportunity to try some different things, right? Um, and see see how it is. Uh, barrel strength. I think um, the baby bourbon is is. In terms of just the difference between the, uh, the the cast strength liquid and and what we serve at proof, the baby bourbon, there's a big difference. It, it's really, it's just, it's it's incredibly rich. You get uh, less of that just corn sweetness and a lot more of that toffee and uh, and oak. Marmal. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I think if you're blending different age. And and barrel sizes together, it would there just be so many different flavors. You I mean, anytime you taste something straight from a barrel, it's completely different from barrel to barrel, and it doesn't matter what whiskey that is. Absolutely, uh, but I would think that that the variation in this would be just unbelievable if, if you have different size barrels, let alone age. Um, quite quite wide, indeed. You know, it reminds me a little bit of that those Jefferson's tasting sets, uh, which are really awful. Um, but uh, <laughs> Hudson could do a a baby bourbon tasting set in some of those little, you know, two ounce bottles or something like that, and have a, a set of five. And here's our ten gallon, here's our thirty gallon, here's our fifty three, and here's one at two, four, and six year. You know, that that be fun. Uh, it right
3: Christmas now. That's something set. that that only Brendan gets to do with his uh, deputy <laughs> Brendan. Believe it or not, um, Brendan O'Rourke and Brendan Dodderer uh we've got like two jacks two Brendans. it's it's corny but yeah that's that's how a, many
0: hans are there
3: just <laughs> <that feels laughs> me so far we're on this we're on the lookout we, the we,
0: we actually have two bills in modern thirst our creative guy who does isn't really involved much in the writing side or anything is also a bill so um Cheers I, to I feel bill. the pain on that one yeah yeah
2: <laughs> here's a hudson that um probably is hard to find now Han. Oh, yes, um, so, that I have the double char. I got two bottles of that, I guess from the two thousand and twelve fire,
3: yes, the great uh, Tuttletown distillery fire of twenty twelve uh, I always tell people if you if you find a couple of bottles of that, take them both home, crack one and enjoy it, and leave the other one to uh you know for the for the collectors it's It's indeed very hard to find in the wild anymore that yeah, that's what it. i did i I ordered I'm two bottles.
2: Right. I finished one. I still have this one that I haven't cracked, and I'll probably leave it uh, uh, leave
3: it that way for quite a while. Well played, yes. Um, indeed, people ask us occasionally, "When are you going to make another, another double chart?" Well, and we I don't plan on burning our <laughs> distillery down. <so. laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the, the product <laughs> of an experiment we do not wish to repeat. Thank you very much. Um, that uh, indeed is is all. You know, basically, it's a, it's a, the only blended whiskey that we've done. Uh, it is a blend of a bunch of different barrels, bourbon rye and some malt whiskey that were caught in the fire. And, and so the double charred refers of course to the fact that the barrels were charred on the inside on purpose and on the outside, not so much um, in that fire, but thanks to some quick thinking firefighters who, who uh, saved those barrels. We did set them aside uh, in one of our rick rickhouses and, and watched kind of how they aged a little differently Um, a little different angel share, uh, evaporation rate and, uh, and, and change in proof on on those barrels. Um, and the flavor is different. I, I, you know, Wes, maybe you can, uh, recall, but, uh, they're, they're, you know, everyone wants to find this kind of campfire quality and and that's pretty damn subtle, quite frankly. Uh, but it's really the the fact that it is a, a blended whiskey and it really, it has, um, some really interesting malty notes from the fact that we actually blended in 100, percent you know, a single malt that we can't call a single malt because we blended it. But um, uh, it's a it's a fun whiskey. If you if you do get a chance, I say this to those out there watching uh, to taste some of it. I do recommend it. It's fantastic. And never. It's funny I'm how some random events
0: again. like that, some random events like that, have turned out some pretty interesting interesting products. The the warehouse surviving from. Eh, Taylor was a fantastic oh, yeah. whiskey, in my opinion, and sure you know it's 20. not going to be replicated. I actually, you know, what's funny is I actually had someone ask me why Heaven Hill just won't won't make any more pre-fire whiskey, and they clearly have no idea what what Heaven Hill went through and what pre-fire <laughs> yeah. means with Heaven Hill whiskey. Their freaking distillery burned down in '96 or whenever it was.
3: Yeah, '96. Yeah, so,
2: right. I thought yeah. the uh, I thought the double char would provide a good segue between the the baby bourbon. And uh, the rye since it's it a blend to... of the it was a blend of those two. And Indeed. I remember when I tasted it probably the bottle I had, I probably got right after it came out in 2014 or so. And uh, I noticed that uh, definitely unique um, between the two, but I thought it was one that once it had been open and oxidized a little bit and got a little air to it, it really has some unique flavors. Right on. This rye is
0: to... definitely dark.
3: Yeah. So, wow. uh, Hudson Manhattan Rye, and again, just uh, gonna open that my myself for any of the skeptics out there <laughs> worried about. Uh, <laughs> I
0: did not go that quickly, in case anyone is wondering.
3: But I just gonna do it on policy. camera, but they took me out of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose I've I've probably opened more bottles of Hudson whiskey than just about any other human on the planet. Um,
0: so I have year 17 batch 6 bottle 3589 of the rye.
2: 3592
1: Also
0: 92 proof.
2: Yep. Yeah, we're all the same batch. I'm batch 6 bottle 3491.
3: I'm batch 6 2652. And so I don't know we're if we're the same batch.
0: The bourbon but these are 92 proof, 46% ABV.
3: Across the board for us and the that's um you know, the nice thing about that, of course, is that's the proof at which one need not uh, uh, chill filter, and and the oils and proteins and all that fun stuff will stay in solution. Um, so you'll see when uh, when when a brand, for instance, will bring out uh, one variant that's specifically non-chill filtered, you know, or a, a scotch that that always chill filters. You'll you'll always see it's going to be at 92 or 93 proof. Um, or higher, uh, but often kind of just there getting across that threshold where, uh, it will always stay nice and, uh, maintain that clarity. You know,
0: there's a lot of similarities on the nose between this and the bourbon, to be honest, there's a lot of that, that citrus character. I don't, of course the corn's not there, but, um, kind of those, those secondary notes on the bourbon behind the corn are very present in this. It, It almost is the primary notes. It's a little. got a little bit of the grassiness, a little bit of that that cereal quality.
3: Yeah, and I, it it may be because I know what's coming. Uh, really, just being a big fan of this one, um, but I get all I, I get some really fruity notes and that that kind of stone fruit uh, on the nose as well. Yeah, I, th- I think the the grassiness is a little bit more muted to me. I get a little bit of um,
2: uh, a little cinnamon uh, more in the nose on on this, definitely with that rye, but. Th- very pleasant nose.
3: You know, I had a little bit of maybe, cinnamon bourbon, mint. Mint too. Mint? Mint? Yeah. I, I, did I, I, I hear that? Maybe, maybe see that. Oh, now. yeah. Uh, I, I, I love that, and I, I get that on the finish, but maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. But I, I adore the kind of little peppermint note I get on this.
1: Matt, did you say maple? No, I said mint. I said maybe a little okay. mint. Uh, but I do agree with uh, with your cinnamon.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. yeah definitely a um, mint eucalyptus
3: type note on the taste. yeah Yeah, that menthol kind of brightness that that cooling when you breathe out so um
0: one thing i like about this that i will say is is you mentioned earlier the really common uh mash bill for rise these days at 95.5 that that um mgp kind of pioneered and everyone's
3: trying to copy now
0: yeah, the lack yeah, of corn in these. a commodity
3: rye, right? It was right. No I, one made that thinking that they were going to bottle it. Originally. I know
0: also rye is kind of difficult to distill on its own. Um, it's a brat, so obviously the barley's in there with it, but um, people had that corn, all these Kentucky distilleries do, because they, they feel like it, it has to relate to bourbon. Um, I am a big fan of the 95.5 mash bill, and, and I'm, I'm a fan of this mash bill as well because it, it does retain that real classic northeastern rye kind of flavor that isn't a, a kind of a spicy take on bourbon. Um, right, right. Definitely rye whiskey, and, and, you won't mistake this for anything else.
3: I think it's amazing that, you know, you can have something that's 95.5 or 90.10 like this uh, with no corn in it, and you think, oh, that means it's just going to be a giant spice bomb or just be nothing but pepper but when you make an all rye rye as this is and of course with a little malted barley there for the enzymes right but it's essentially an all rye rye and yet it's got that cracked pepper right up front that tells you hey i'm drinking rye now you'll get that tongue tingle and that fun stuff back here but it's still it's incredibly approachable i think sometimes people are going to are, are intimidated they think very high rye content rye they just assume it's going to be nothing but red hots and just pepper and it's going to be cracked pepper and pepper and more pepper and and not stop and this has fruit and baking spice and you know lots of really uh, it's a it's a mellow sipping worthy rye that we're very very proud of and i like converting folks with it frankly you know people who think oh i rye no thanks uh, i'm a bourbon guy well try this
0: you know i think it's uh i for the longest time you know being a, a native of kentucky and louisville in particular it's louisville is kind of bourbon usa you just you, you grew up here and everything is bourbon from the time be popular. You don't go to a wedding where there's not bourbon on the open bar. You don't go to an event where there's not bourbon served. They serve it at baseball games. You know, it's just here. You're and not it always has. Been. Are you? Not in <laughs> any way, shape, or form. Uh, but for the longest time, that's all I would drink. It had to be yeah. Kentucky bourbon. And over the last probably four years, I've really, really stretched that a little bit, and I've become a really big fan of Rise recently. Um, and really, that MGP, the 95.5, 5 it, It's not just the fact that they made it; it's the fact that they changed the way that people. We're making rye popularly but just because they're they're everywhere. Um, but you know that taking the corn out of the equation fundamentally changes a rye whiskey from a like I said earlier, like a, a um, spicy bourbon spicy take on bourbon right. into a kind of whiskey. And that really opens doors to things. Wes has got me trying all kinds of scotches and stuff that I never would have never would have taken a sip of before and I'm really enjoying it and and you know, this is the this is the same type of thing that I think people need to need to look at it is is it a rye whiskey from from one of the Kentucky distilleries it's probably going to taste a lot like a bourbon if not you know go look at some of these other guys that have some mash bills that, that are taking corn out of the picture and, and you get a very different product and you can really differentiate between types of whiskey that way
3: well and I, I don't uh, know if, if you guys heard about back in October we launched a new designation here in New York it's a uh, it's not a federal thing it's at the state level at this point and it's voluntary but something called empire rye and this empire rye designation essentially uh dreamed up by six founding distilleries ourselves as well as um oh geez let me see if i can list them real quick just because i should black button distillery up, up in rochester uh mckenzie uh finger lakes distilling in the finger lakes um kings county in brooklyn and uh mm-hmm. new york distilling also in brooklyn um uh, and I am missing one. Van Brunt came on board, but uh, they weren't along for the ride uh, right from the bat. I'll find. I'll figure out that that sixth one. That's terrible. Uh, Black but button in the meantime, County are the two
0: I always think of. Along yeah. So
3: here's York. a here's a bottle of Black Button, which I yep. shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing, but just to show oh. that, you know, we're, it's all collected We'll edit that out in post. And, I promise. You know, so, but see this little <laughs> sticker, and here's a a little sticker from King's County. Um, Mm -hmm. That's the Empire Rye designation. Um, Basically says it's got to be at least two years old. It's got to be from one distilling season. And this is really about uh, capturing the terroir of of the place where it's made. It's got to be made from at least 75% uh, New York grain um, is the main piece of it. And this is a new, like I said, New York uh, designation where we're essentially trying to Reclaim that rye whiskey heritage of the Northeast, and particularly, obviously, here in New York, um, where you know Kentucky uh, makes phenomenal bourbon, still makes ninety-five percent of it. We love people realizing that there are people making bourbon now, and I think about forty-eight states, uh, you know, across uh, uh, the U.S. Um, but that doesn't mean we need to try to take the heritage of, of Kentucky bourbon away. Uh, but we are trying to plant, plant a flag here in, in New York and, and um, kind of lay claim to that wonderful Northeast New York rye whiskey heritage uh, that has kind of laid dormant. Um, and of course, Hudson Manhattan Rye, again, being being the first mover uh, in New York, um, and again, credit needs to go to, to Ralph and Brian and the guys who, who uh, you know carved the path before I even joined. Um, but uh, we made the first rye whiskey in new york but now you know rye whiskey is sort of on the rise everywhere uh but certainly here in new york it's it's been phenomenal for local farmers been very cool to just see the variety um and see you know the governor getting behind it so uh the empire rye designation is something you'll see a lot more folks putting out their own empire rise here in the well i think this
2: is I think this is the first time I've had the uh, Hudson uh, rye. I've had the four grain, the double char, the corn, the baby bourbon. Um, and I must say that uh, I really like the rye. That's a, I, I, I would probably uh, 98 times out of a hundred drink my whiskey straight, you know, maybe a little water mm-hmm. um, and every now and then have a cocktail. I think this would definitely hold its own in any cocktail you may too and not lose itself yeah. with whatever you're mixing it with.
3: It's called Manhattan Rye for a reason, and you know that's that was partly to lay claim to our New York heritage in a very obvious way, but I think also for for Ralph, he wanted to remind folks, proper Manhattan should be made with right. rye whiskey. I Ain't mean, nothing wrong with a bourbon Manhattan. My mom likes them, but she kind of likes them because they're sweeter. Uh, but a rye whiskey Manhattan is gonna, at least, it has the potential for that that whiskey to stand up, have a little more right. backbone, and that spice to balance against the sweetness of the vermouth. Um, so I, I think I agree
0: with, with Wes on this. I, I, I really like this rye. Um, the, the baby bourbon I, I like, um, but I really like this rye. I think it's it's also kind of unique because it has a very different finish on it than uh, most rye I, I really get more of that cereal grain and that that um, the grassiness on the rye, which reminds me of some um, almost Irish whiskeys at times. Um, but uh, it, it's just a very different finish than I get on other rye whiskeys, that, and I think
2: it's it's very unique. It's interesting, um, but it, it's tasty. It really is, and uh, a finish that sticks around too.
3: That's mm, yeah, what
2: that's what I liked about it. I mean, I almost, I mean, it's been a, a couple minutes since I've had a sip, and uh, almost uh, a spicy caramel lingering finish is there, which is really neat. Nice. I'm still getting that on the. I on agree.
0: The, I, was, I was about front of the palate, which I normally don't get.
1: Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I was going to say, similar to what you both have already said, where I think it has, it's reminiscent of the MGP rye, even the, um, even Bullet rye in the middle, which I love, but it's much more unique at the end. Uh, You're getting a lot more space at the end. And I think that's why, I mean, obviously, Bullet made a name for themselves by selling the bartenders for mixed drinks. And I think this would probably hold up a little bit better than that does, even because I think that would probably, I'm not. A, I don't drink many uh, mixed drinks, but but as far as they, uh, I didn't think that would get a lost a little bit more than this would. Mm-hmm.
0: I agree. This is a little more full flavored than a bullet. A bullet, bullet to me is like a watered down version of the 95 five Mash Bill. Bill, and this one seems a little more full flavored to me. There, there are better expressions of that Mash Bill than Bullet. Um, but this one, I, it's just the finish on it, like like West, it's long. Um, it, it sticks around the, the the very front of the palate. I just keep getting. I still am I'm having that spiciness, right? You know, that tingle on the, on the front of the tongue. Um, it's just hanging on. And I had very different, um, it, not really the finish, but the end of the actual taste on the back of the of the palate. I, I was definitely getting getting something more grainy than I normally get out of a, a rye. I don't mean that texture wise. I just oh. mean that there, there's some cereal flavors to that that are good.
3: Copper seed distilling. There are neighbors in New Paltz. Christopher Williams, he's done a tremendous job. He's been a huge advocate for uh, the whole Empire Rye project. And it's so predictable and typical that they would be the one that I forgot. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they, they make some delightful, true, true craft whiskey products uh, right down the road from us at Tuttletown. So Copper sea, yes. Okay. So I named all six. Um, but I'm glad you all enjoyed our rye because we're, we're proud of our rye. Uh, without a doubt, we're proud to to see New York kind of making a name for itself, um, with a lot of distilleries bringing out very distinctive uh, rye that that harken back to those pre-prohibition rye whiskeys that were so popular and then just literally went went away, vanished, disappeared forever. You know, you know, uh, I,
0: I will. A bunch give it, of I decades. Had, so. I had the baby bourbon a few years ago, and this is I, I think it's definitely evolved a lot since then. Um, but I, I think the flavor profile has become a little more sophisticated. Since the last time I had it. Um, the rye is excellent. Um, the the baby bourbon too, as well. From what I remember, um, it, it, it's just a much rounder rounder flavor profile than it was when I had it. It seemed young at the time. It it seemed a little underaged and, and underdeveloped. And this certainly is has come a long way. So I, um, you know, it's kind of hard to put into into perfect words. But there's there's a there's a period where craft distillers now go from being just making whiskey to making sophisticated whiskey. And Hudson's very clearly well past that, that infancy stage. They're, they're clearly in the sophisticated whiskey stage based on these two. Um, thank you. And it's, it's, it's very, uh, it's very interesting. And it's, it does have a unique flavor profile that, that I don't remember tasting in other other products and you know being able to differentiate yourself in, the, in today's wh- american whiskey climate good luck with that because there are i mean everybody and their brothers making a whiskey now so it's true being able to stand it's, out it's from exciting
3: the it's dresses. it's fun to watch it's uh you know it, it it's cool to to see all the the new company uh and it's really fun to be in a position where we're literally just rooting for our ostensible competitors because they're our peers first and a rising tide lifts all boats uh, but indeed, there is that period of time where, you know, uh, you can maybe get get by on your craft bona fides and trying to do something different and interesting. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, after you've been around a dozen years, we've got to be able to put something on the shelf and have somebody pull off that stopper, pour themselves a dram and say, hey, that's fantastic. I, you know, I haven't t- tasted anything like that. And I'll add that to my repertoire because that's really delicious. Uh, and I, I, I hope we're there. Uh, but obviously we're not going to rest on any laurels. Um, but I, I appreciate tasting this remotely with y'all. I'm glad you enjoyed (laughs) it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. You
0: guys have anything else to, uh, to cover or talk about matter, West? Uh,
2: just thank you, Han. I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity and, uh, getting to chat with you about your whiskeys. My pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Han. I, I'm
1: interested to see what you guys do in the future, but for now, these these will do just fine.
3: <laughs> Without a doubt. Well, please, you're all invited to come up to Tuttletown anytime. Just let me know. Be in touch. Like I said, Han at com. I think you guys got my my info, but be in touch and uh, come see us in the Hudson Valley. That sounds great. All right.
0: Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Uh, as always, remember, you can always support us by going to patreon.com slash Modern Thirst. Check us out at modernthirst.com. We have hundreds of whiskeys uh, reviewed and tasted on the site, as well as the latest news and reviews of beer, whiskey, wine, you name it. It is probably something on the site. But check us out. Thanks for listening. And you guys have a great day.
2: Cheers. Cheers.